St. Paul Disciples Week Pilot. St. Paul, we are.
really great at drawing, but I'm not too artistic anymore, so I'd, 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 I'd have to be searching a little bit harder to find my masterpiece. However, in my family, there are several artists. I know my sister and my dad are really great, and my grandfather was also one that was really good, really good with his hands. He was really good at making his own kind of masterpieces. Now, one thing that he loved doing was he loved um, being in the shed that is behind my grandparents' house and practicing his woodworking skills. And while he was practicing those skills, he would make different things. And one of the things that he loved to make were these little horse and buggy carriages right here. He loved to make these. He'd make boxes upon boxes of these little horse and buggy carriages. Um, And we were actually able to hand some out um, at his celebration of life. He wanted to give them away to everyone. Now, when he made these, um, he would give them away to um, people that he loved. That was his way of just telling them that he cared about them, that he was thinking of them. And I have several at my uh, childhood home in Virginia, and I even have uh, one or two with me that I brought down to North Carolina, and one of these is right here. Now, each of these horse and buggy carriages were made, they were handcrafted by my grandpa. Now, When he made them, he made them with love because, like I said, he had the intention of giving them away to the people that he loved. Although each one was made in a similar way, they were all different or unique in some ways as well, whether it was the color that they were painted or whether it was something that he added on to them to give them a personal touch. Then, lastly, each horse and buggy that my grandpa made for us, he would sign them with his initials at the bottom and he would date it. You probably can't see it, but he would sign it right there on the bottom of the carriage. Um, his initials, and he would date the day that it was finished. Now, why would I share this story about my grandpa being great with his hands and practicing his wood carving skills in the backyard? Because I believe that the way my grandpa made these carvings is somewhat similar and it's somewhat like the way that God made you and me. The horse and buggies were my grandpa's masterpiece, and we are God's. God made me a masterpiece. You'll be able to say it with me by the end of today. Our verse for the day tells us that we are one of God's many masterpieces. Again, Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. I'm just going to set this right here so you guys can see it. Each horse and buggy that my, grand, my granddaddy made, they were his masterpiece. And right here in Ephesians, Paul is telling us that we our God's masterpiece. He's making it very clear to us that God, our Heavenly Father, put a lot of thought into making each one of us, and He did so with love. By creating us, God has given us the gift of life by His grace and His grace alone. He has blessed us with this ability to live life and to live it to the fullest, and that alone is a gift. When I look at this horse and buggy, I also notice all the details that my grandpa put into making each one. You can see how he carefully carved the the carriage on the back, how the horse is outlined so you can tell it's a horse. He made each of them very carefully. And now when I look at the world around us, I also see a God that cares about details. I see a God that has made uh, the birds of the air and has created the animals that we see along the ground with their beautiful colors and vibrant patterns um, than furs and coats that make them look so beautiful. He's made each one of us with that same attention to detail, guys. Each one of us is uniquely made with certain gifts, certain talents, features, and personalities that make us who we are. 
The Bible tells us that God knit us together, knowing every detail about us all the way down to the DNA that makes us up. Now, God created us with so much detail, and for that, I do believe that he cares about us. But then, just like my grandpa would sign his name at the bottom of each of these and date them, I do believe that God has signed his name on each one of us when he created us. Now, how? How does he do that? Now, my grandpa signed these wood carvings because it signified that they belonged to him, that he made them. Well, I believe that God has written his name on our hearts and we belong to him. We don't have to listen to the opinions of other people. We don't even have to listen to our own self-critique or our own negative view of ourselves if we have it because we know at the end of the day that we belong to a loving God that knows us and calls us by name. Man, say it with me. We can say, God made me a masterpiece. God made me a masterpiece. The last part of this verse, though, is just as important as the first part for Paul. Because the last part, after telling us that we are God's masterpiece, Paul then tells us that in Jesus, we are a new creation. When we start to know and trust that we are beautifully and wonderfully made by a God that cares about us, our next step is to run to Jesus. That's our next step. Why? Because God has made us for Jesus. He's made us for his son. He wants us to personally know and have a relationship with his son, Jesus. It's in Jesus that we will find all of the love that we could ever want and all that love that we could ever imagine. In him, we can find all the grace and forgiveness for each and every one of our mistakes. And it's also in Jesus that Paul tells us right here that we can even find out the fact that God has planned for us to do really, really good things in our life. God has a plan and a purpose for our lives and for each one of you that are joining in right now as we continue to follow and be transformed by his love that he has shown us through Jesus. I want you to be thinking today and every day that you are God's masterpiece. Will you close, uh, will you join me in prayer to close out this impact moment? Bow your head and close your eyes with me as we go to God. Dear God, thank you. Thank you so much for making us and for showing us that you love us. Help us to know and to trust that in your eyes, we are indeed a masterpiece. We belong to you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Let's give God praise and we thank God for Peyton's return and how he has shared with us as far as a masterpiece is concerned. At this time, I'm hoping, do we have that video link ready? Okay. I want to encourage you as we move forward as far as um, this election season is concerned, we need for you to register to vote. And I believe that the census has been extended until tomorrow. And so you have an opportunity to, if you have not, we want you to fill out the census. I want to just share a couple of things as far as um, my observations are concerned. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all of those that contribute to our food pantry. We served 234 families this past week. And I want to just give a major shout out to Sister Felicia Knowles and all of those that work with our food pantry ministry. We also want to thank uh, those of you who join us as far as a quick 15 is concerned. 
it is great to hear uh, so many of our disciples join us for prayer. I want to encourage you, if you want to do a fellowship time, that you are more than able to join us at 8 o'clock. Join us at 8 o'clock, and you can fellowship with people you have not had an opportunity to talk to in quite some time. And then at 8.15, I come on with uh, a devotional and with prayer. I want to thank the, uh, our men ensemble. Uh, it wasn't the full male chorus. It was basically the men ensemble, as well as our men of valor for sharing as far as our men's day was concerned on last week. Thank you so very much. And then also want to give a major shout out as far as the Kaya moment was concerned on last Wednesday. To vote or not to vote, that is the question. I want to thank Reverend Marco McNeil for moderating, as well as uh, our own Sister Yvonne Pettis and uh, joining us and Sister Camise Noel assisting Deborah as far as our uh, technical capacity was concerned as well as Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. We also look forward to you joining us as far as Bible study is concerned where we study in the letter to the church at Philippi. Last week we did chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 and our homework for this week is the rest of chapter 2. Again, we want to uh, continue to encourage all of you to join us Sunday morning live. We have some great Sunday school classes that are taking place. Our adult classes take place prior to our worship experience, and our youth and children have their online uh, Sunday morning live at 4 o'clock p.m. So for more information uh, on those classes, check the church website or contact Reverend Brenda Richardson as far as that is concerned. So we're trying to do everything that we can to maintain connection and collaboration and communication. Uh, we do apologize for the technical difficulty we had earlier this morning as far as the sound is concerned, but I want to give a major shout out to our media ministry for correcting that. If you can hear us and hear us well, if you would send some thumbs up or some hearts as far as that's concerned, that encourages us as far as how we're moving along. And this is why, of course, virtual will never replace the physical. However, because of where we are with this pandemic, uh, we have to do what we can to make sure that we can get the gospel out to you. And there are times that we will have some technical difficulties, um, but we're not going to allow for the enemy to steal our praise and take our worship. I want to thank all of you who continue to hang in there with us while we were trying to work that out and um, make sure that you're able to hear what it is that the Lord will have for you here. So thank you so much for your perseverance as well as your fortitude in this particular moment. As we prepare to go uh, to the Lord in prayer, um, I just want to mention a couple of things before we do that. Uh, of course, I'm looking forward to being able to share with you all on the fourth Sunday, my good friend for my fourth pastoral appreciation, the Reverend Dr. William H. Curtis. He will be preaching uh, on that morning. And then St. Paul will be hosting virtually our General Baptist State Convention this year, uh, October the 26th through the 28th. We are partnering with GBSC, and so there are going to be a lot of things that's going to be going on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, virtually as well as on site as far as that is concerned. And then we're also looking forward 
to our Thankful Thursdays that will be taking place in October, the three Octobers prior to Thanksgiving, we're going to have Thankful Thursday. And we got some powerhouse preachers. Um, my brother, the Reverend Dr. Marcus Cosby, will be preaching. My good friend and brother, the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III, and my sister, Reverend Dr. Danielle Brown. They will be our preachers for Thankful Thursday. So we will not be doing Bible study uh, in uh, November, but we will be having our Thankful Thursday revival. So we will be doing live as far as singing and prayer and ministers engaging. And then uh, however we're going to pipe in those preachers to share the word that God has given them for that particular moment. So we want you to be looking forward as far as that's concerned. The other thing that I'm looking at trying to do in the near future is set aside uh, one night a month where I do a church check-in with all of our disciples that may want to join us either through GoToMeeting or Zoom. We're trying to figure out what platform we're going to use, but I just want to do a church check-in. Um, we're not able to come together, but because of technology, I might be able to see you all just to check in, just to see how you're doing, just to have a moment of fellowship. So we're looking at working out that capacity whereby we can do that. So I can't wait until we look at implementing that and we'll let you know how we're going to do as far as that's concerned. Just want to let you all know it's a church check-in. It ain't a church meeting, but you can share whatever you want to share, but it is a church check-in. Let me say that again. We ain't taking care of no business Amen. I need to clear that up quick, fast, in a hurry. We ain't voting on nothing. Amen. We've already had our church conference. It's a church check-in. I just want to see you. I want to hear you. Uh, I want to be able to communicate with you, even though I can't see you as far as physical capacity is concerned. I want to be able to just hear your voice, hear your laughter, hear your concerns, be able to pray for you on a larger scale and a large capacity. So we're looking forward to doing that sometime soon. All right. As we move forward, as far as this time of uh, prayer is concerned. Um, we want to lift up the family of Brother Terry Green, the brother of Sister Lula McCullough. His services are pending as far as final arrangements. The family of Sister uh, Izetta Jackson, the grandmother of Disciple Eric Bussey, um, her services details are pending as well as those final arrangements. We also want to uh, lift up Deacon Miles uh, Boyd. Uh, who was in an accident, and he is recovering well, Sister Cynthia Kendall and Sister Gloria Singleton. Uh, I was blessed to see uh, Reverend Monica, uh, Dr. Monica Redman, who stopped by Bible study on Thursday, messed me up. And if you were watching our Bible study, you saw her, and we hadn't seen her as far as the church is concerned since May. So we want to continue to pray for her that the Lord will continue to do what God will do as far as her life is concerned, as well as Reverend Grace Ridgeway. And then our pastor emeritus, we want to continue to lift up the Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond. I'm going to ask that at this time, um, Reverend Brenda Richardson will come. She's going to take us to the throne of grace as far as prayer is concerned. And then we will look at receiving the Lord's offering. I will 
unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. When I need him, I will call to the Lord our God in prayer and in supplication, and he will answer me. Let us pray. Father God, it is us, your children. We've come to you, Lord, asking and just magnifying your holy and righteous name, giving you all the honor and praise you are due. And Lord, we thank you now even for this moment. God, we pray right now, God, that you would stir us up that you would stir us up, stir up the Spirit, God, in us, the Holy Spirit in us in a mighty, mighty way. Lord, we confess that we haven't gotten it all right. We've done some things that we should not have done. We've gone some places that we should not have gone. And we've said some things that we haven't, should not have said. God, forgive us of those things, that we, we might be in right relationship to hear from you. God, we love you. We honor you, Lord. And we thank you now for all that you're doing. And God, right now we pray for every name that was called. God, I pray right now that you would be in operation in the rest homes and in the facilities, God, in the hospitals. Go beside those hospital beds. Touch right now as only you can. God, go into those sick rooms, God, as only you can. Heal as only you can. God, those that have lost loved ones, God, we can uh, moan and, 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 and pray and, and do things like we used to do before the pandemic, God, but we can't call on you. So God, right now, we call on behalf of those that are missing and loving lost ones, God. We pray that you would just bless them as only you can. Comfort them, God. Come to them in that midnight hour. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for what we anticipate and know that you will do because you're just that kind of God. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing, God. We pray now that you will continue to bless this place called St. Paul. Bless us in a mighty, mighty way. Bless every disciple, God. Go and bless them, God. I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven. Pour them out a blessing that they won't even know what to do with it, God, because you're that kind of God, and your word says you will do it. We truly are the apple of your eye. We know that you love us, and we know that you, we love you, God. We thank you for this time. We pray especially for all that have been listed. Let us not forget to care about them. God, let us not forget to care about those that are away from us. Bless them in a mighty, mighty way. God, you have all the power in your hand. COVID didn't catch you by surprise. So God, right now, give us the wisdom to do the things that we need to do to stay safe. God, we thank you for our pastor that knows best for us. God, we thank you for his wisdom. God, he's keeping us safe. He's keeping us together. And God, we thank you for him. God, now anoint him from on high. You've already done it. Let us, our ears hear the word that you have for us today. Bless us in a mighty, mighty way as only you can. These are our prayers and our blessings, and we're asking to do them in Jesus' mighty name. In your name we do pray. Can you join me in an amen? Amen. 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 Wherever you may be right now, if you could celebrate, give God praise if you believe and if you know your prayer is being answered. Come on. Come on. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Amen. 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 Well, guess what? It is time to give. It is time to give. It is time to give. And we want 
to receive the Lord's offering as far as this particular moment is concerned. And prior to um, me asking you to give, I do want to remind you and encourage you uh, for those that do not have any income coming in. Uh, of course, last week, um, a whole lot of people in the airline industry were furloughed or laid off or their jobs were cut. And, you know, people are struggling. People are struggling. And so if you fall in that category where you've been laid off, furloughed, or your job has been eliminated, uh, you don't have significant income coming in as far as work is concerned, you're drawing unemployment and it's barely, it's not even making ends meet. I'm, I'm not expecting for you to give, okay? Uh, if you give out of your lack or out of your poverty, I, I will know, I do know that God will bless you beyond measure, but that's not something as your pastor, I'm asking you to do, all right? However, if you feel led to do that, it's, it's a guarantee that the Lord will bless you out of your point of need. However, if you still are working, you still have income that is coming in, you're able to draw a pension or retirement, um, we want you to give. This is where the strongest call to bear the infirmities of the weak. And so as you prepare to give at this particular moment, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first way you can give is, of course, by sending check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street um, here in Charlotte, 28205. Or if you want to drop off check, money order, or cash at the church, please call the church at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and then you all can work out a time where you can drop that off. Amen? The second way you can give is through our website. Through our website. And then the third way you could give is through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and give as far as that's concerned after you have searched for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. Your giving is doing several things. Number one, your giving is a blessing as far as helping those who are in need. Secondly, your giving is a blessing as far as mission and ministry throughout this city, state, and world. Third, your giving is to make sure that the lights stay on, <laughs> that the gas stay on, that the water stay on. Amen. Your giving goes a long, long way. Your giving is also helping with the repair work that we are doing here at St. Paul while people are out. Your giving has helped us as far as the enhancement to be able to do what we're doing virtually. Your giving is making that difference. But for those that follow the biblical discipline of giving tithes and offerings, your giving is also a blessing to you because of your obedience. So I want you to do me a favor, if you would, take your offering wherever you may be, place it in your right hand, want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the ability to partner with you and to give. And we pray right now, God, that you would take these gifts of ours and bless them in a Godful way. For those, God, that do not have income that's coming in but still give, ooh, bless them extraordinarily. For those of us that are 
uh, adhering to the biblical principles of giving tithes and offerings, we pray you will move right now. And then, God, even for those who may have to give but feel like they don't have to give, if you will continue to tenderize their hearts. Now, God, take these gifts so that they will be used to bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you would, go ahead and let's give at this particular time as the choir prepares the sermonic selection, and then we ask for your prayer as far as the preaching moment is concerned.
just stand Hold on Amen, amen Thank you Thank you Amen Come on, put your hands together if that blessed you, because I don't know about anybody else, but after you have done all you can, after all the hell you've been through, after all the troubles you've endured, after all the trials you've overcome, the Lord has allowed for you to stand. That's enough to give God praise for when I think about all that I've been through and God allowed for me to survive, I can't help but to give God some praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you to our ensemble for blessing us with your gift of, of song. Uh, that was so appropriate, especially in times like these. Especially in times like these. I want to, I want to call your attention to Psalm 3. Psalm 3. Psalm 3. In Psalm 3, I will read it in its entirety as far as our sharing is concerned. Psalm 3. Psalm 3. It reads like this. Lord, how they have increased who troubled me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I would not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. I want to preach for the time that is mine, the lifter of my head. Uh, the lifter of my head. The lifter of my head. Gosh, since March of this year, there really hasn't been much to lift our heads about the onset of COVID-19 has ended the world as we know it because the world as we know it has transitioned or shifted many of the things that we've been accustomed to doing the movements that we want to make we cannot necessarily engage in those activities because they can now be perceived as precarious. 
I have to admit that my head has been down due to the fact that the President of the United States back near the beginning of this year knew how damning and how damaging this pandemic would be and yet did not take the precautions to ensure that less than 208,000 lives in the United States would be taken. Unfortunately, he has the unmitigated gall to say if he had not done what he did, two million lives would have been lost. I would dare say, Mr. Trump, that because of your recklessness and your feckless behavior, we now find ourselves with over 208,000 families that continue to mourn the loss of their loved ones. And unfortunately, you now have to deal with the same thing that they are going through. My head is down because even when a person of presidential magnitude comes down with this illness, we don't know whether to believe you or not. And part of the reason that my head is down is because of the quintessential prevarication that emanates from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue causes a lot of folks to wonder if you are engaging in pretentiousness or if you're really sick. That's a bad place to be. We continue to have our heads down by virtue of the fact that now we are protesting constantly and consistently in the street against systemic racism and police brutality. Uh, unfortunately, even in Louisville, Kentucky, the Commonwealth of the state of Kentucky, where the attorney general did not even have the gumption, the guts, to bring adequate charges because he was trying to shape a narrative that was not true. I've come to discover that everybody that is your skin ain't your kin. We find ourselves with our heads down. We, we, we find ourselves with our heads down because still in 2020, they're trying to take away our rights to vote trying to do all that they can to suppress our capacity to cast our ballots. And unfortunately, in the state of Texas, one of the largest states in this country, in the state of Texas, their governor is trying to suppress the vote so bad until he has eliminated drop-off boxes and only made one per county. What do you do in those counties where you have the cities like Houston, San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas with one box to drop off your ballot? Don't tell me the devil ain't real. But yet, I present to you this psalm this morning because I am reminded of the fact that God has a way to let us know that God is still in charge, regardless of when our backs seem like they are against the wall. You're surrounded right now by problems and perplexities, tragedies and 
troubles, uh, pains and plights, sorrow and sadness that continue to make us go down into the abyss of frustration and fear. Many of us right now have to admit that our heads are down because the trouble has crashed into our reality with such ferocity and force until we are somewhat spellbound by our problems and perplexities. Your livelihood and your existence has now been threatened by a COVID-19 pandemic. But you need to know that in spite of COVID-19, the Lord is on your side. All of us right now are dealing with some form of opposition in our lives. And I discovered, George, that opposition can come from your family. It can come from the community. It could come from your job. It could come from the school. It could come from the government. And Lord knows it can even come from the church. The enemy knows how to communicate uh, with us to get us discouraged and distracted and dismayed and disgusted and distressed to the point where we don't know whether we're coming or going. But many times, the problem that brings us, Peyton, the most pain, the problems that causes us the most frustration has nothing to do with sickness or financial issues. In fact, we can handle COVID-19 if we got great support and proper medication. We, we, we can handle COVID-19 if you wear your mask. We, we can handle COVID-19 if you practice physical distancing. We, we can handle COVID-19 if you wash your hands. We, we can handle COVID-19 if you avoid mass gatherings. We can handle financial issues if we learn how to manage the resources that the Lord has given us. Most of us, though, have headaches and heartaches because of family. Let me put a pen right there just for a moment. Most of us are distraught because of stuff that we have to deal with. How our children are behaving, how the spouse is mistreating us, how our significant other mishandles us, how our parents disregard us, how the teacher don't talk to us, how the students disrespect us, how church folks talk about us, how certain people snub us, how our friends betray us, how the government has failed us, and why our enemies are harassing us. In fact, the same problem you have with people is the same problem God has with many of us enemy knows how to get at us because the enemy knows our weakness and the enemy knows that our weakness is based upon the fact that we are relational people we're relational because the God we serve is relational and the God we serve has created us to be in relationship with each other so we can witness and become a conduit of God's grace mercy love compassion and forgiveness what, what, what pains me, Reverend Richardson, is when I hear people say, I don't need nobody. And that's a lie from the pit of hell because God makes God's self known to us in flesh. 
And so if God makes God's self known to us in flesh to hang out with us, then guess what? We need other folks. God, through Jesus, became embodied by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to remind us that we can't do this Christian walk by ourselves. We can't be disciples in isolation. There's no such thing as a long ranger Christian. That's why it's important to understand that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it does not exempt you from having your feelings hurt by people. Doesn't exempt you from being lied on. Doesn't exempt folks from dropping you like a bad habit. It doesn't even exempt folks from betraying you. The Christian walk, being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple of our Lord and Savior, is one of risky love, non-refundable giving, and compounded forgiveness that helps you and me become more like Jesus. However, I'll be transparent right now. Uh, I, I want to admit that there's just some stuff I, I don't want to go through. Some, some stuff I, I, I don't want to experience. Some, some stuff, I, I don't want to come into my reality. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't like it when folks talk about me negatively. God knows I don't like it when folks lie on me. God knows I don't like it when folks have certain thoughts about me and they don't even know who I am. I, I don't like it when certain folks make certain assumptions about me and you know what they say about assumptions. I, I, I don't like it when I think that somebody is a friend only to discover that Judas Iscariot is their daddy and Benedict Arnold is their uncle. Just some stuff I don't like. And, and I've discovered that my greatest pain comes from people. People will hurt your feelings. People will lie on you. People will betray you. People will set you up to set you out. People will use and abuse you. However, people that do the most harm falls into two categories. Family and church folks. Let me put the hay where the cows can get it. The psalmist this morning has to deal with being hurt and betrayed by his own family. This third psalm addresses a problem that David had when he is forced to abdicate or give up the throne to his son Absalom. This is seen in the readings of 2 Samuel chapter 15 and following. Now to understand how Absalom in his vindictiveness went after his daddy, you have to go back several chapters in 2 Samuel. David... Even though he's a man after God's own heart, David, even though he's the anointed king of Israel, David, even though he's considered to be the apple of God's eye, had a very dysfunctional family. Part of the reason that David had a dysfunctional family is because he had babies by seven different women. He had a son named Ammon who was the half-brother of Absalom and Tamar. Absalom and Tamar were full-blooded sister and brother. That basically meant they had the same mama and the same father. Now, now, now Ammon lusted for his sister Tamar. 
and, and one of his friends talked Tamar into coming into the bedroom and uh, he allowed for that friend to talk him into trying to force himself on his sister Tamar. Uh, Tamar rejected his advances and he winds up raping his half-sister. Now I need you to understand that the Bible as a book is not so pretty. It is not so clean. It has dirty damaging things in it that many of us can relate to as far as our existentiality is concerned. Ammon raped his sister. And Absalom, her brother, becomes enraged and exacts revenge against him. But what really infuriated Absalom was that David did nothing to put Ammon in check due to his sexual assault. And, and because of that, uh, that, 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 that stuff seeped down into Absalom's spirit until it festered like a cancer. And he said to himself, I'm going to get my father back. Feeling that he was morally superior and more worthy of being a leader. Absalom led a revolt against his dad. He ran him out of Jerusalem, weeping and barefooted. David, a man after God's own heart, David, the king of Israel, is running out of Jerusalem, butt naked and barefooted. Can, can, can you see the king, the one that danced when he overcame Goliath and when he came back into the city, uh, uh, the, the women folks were saying, Saul has slayed his thousand and David his ten thousand. That David that used to praise God is now running out of Jerusalem naked and barefoot. He doesn't look like a king. He looks more like a pauper. David heard and embarrassed has to seek refuge, but his heart is broken because he loved Absalom. Let's be honest. Nobody can hurt you like family. Uh, no one can break your heart like family. Am I talking to anybody out there that's ever had family members to break your heart? Parents, nobody can break your heart like your child. There are those who know what David has experienced. You've been devastated by a child that's struggling with drugs. You can't trust them in your house because you don't know if they're going to take your TV and sell it for the next hit. You've been overwhelmed by a rebellious teenager who is smelling himself or herself. And, and, and now they're trying to tell you what they will and won't do. You're distraught because you work two, sometimes three jobs trying to make ends meet. And your child trips on you because you can't get them the latest fashion fair. You've been distressed because you told Nene about not having sex before she married her at least mature enough to handle sex. And now, Nene got three kids and she ain't even 20. You, you've been confounded because you told Ray Ray not to hang out with those boys. And now he's getting ready to go do time at the Mecklenburg County Jailhouse because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong folks and got caught up in the wrong stuff. It's interesting to note that here is David 
writing in this psalm and he is talking not about the Philistines who are thorn in his flesh, not about Saul who had tried to kill him, but his own flesh and blood. When David was chased out of town, it was because of Absalom, his own flesh and blood. Absalom, the one who ate at his table. Absalom, the one who was drinking his wine. Absalom was so ruthless. This is how ruthless Absalom was. He was so ruthless until he even slept with David's concubines just to spite him. Oh, this is treachery to the nth degree. However, I've discovered that in spite of our hurts and our pains, we serve a God who wants to lift up our heads. And when you're down, God can lift up your head. When you're hurting, God can heal your bruises. When you're bleeding, God can bandage your wounds. How do you look up when you're down under? How, how do you lift your head when you feel like you're in trouble? Several things I want to share with you as we peruse this particular text. And then I'll bid you adieu. First of all, in verses 1 and 2, you must be willing to acknowledge you are in trouble. <laughs> uh, it's right there in verses 1 and 2. David was in trouble, and David did not try to deny it. When, when Absalom deposed or, or, or abdicated David as king, David did not deny how his back was against the wall. He has run out of options. He, he, he did not know where to turn. David has lost his throne, his kingdom, his family, and his friends. He's in trouble because the essence of his security has been snatched from under his feet. But David did not summarily dismiss this as a bump in the road or some mere obstacle. No, this is a perilous time for King David. Surrounded by his foes, driven out of town, barefooted, did not know where to turn. David did not deal with his problems from a stoic perspective like it did not bother him. David did not go and bury his head in the sand hoping that his problems would dissipate. When he was driven out of town, it gave him an opportunity to regroup his base refocus his thinking and redirect his path to become congruent to the will of God. That there are times when trouble has the capacity to recalibrate you to get back into God's will. Because this is the same David who fought and defeated Goliath. This is the same David that established Jerusalem as the political and the religious capital of Israel. This is the same David that united the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the same David that brought back the Ark of the Covenant to the tabernacle. This is the same David that laid out plans to build a temple to our God. And in spite of all of that, it didn't stop trouble from coming and taking up residency in David's being. Ah, but I want you to know that God knew the trouble was coming. And God did not stop it. You missed it. God knew the trouble was coming. And God did not stop it. God knew COVID-19 was coming. And God did not stop it. God knew 
we will be in the predicament that we're in in this country and this world. And God did not stop it. God knew 208 thousand deaths uh, by the first Sunday in October and God did not stop it. God knew that we would have to deal with racism and sexism and classism and did not stop it. God knew that we would be in the predicament that we're in and God did not stop it. My mentor and advisor, the late Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor once said, and I quote, there are times when God will not change your troubling situations because God is trying to change you in the midst of your troubles. That, 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 that ought to bless somebody right now. In other words, God will let trouble come sometimes so it will change how we view God, how we view ourselves, and how we deal with our trouble. Troubles are anything that threatens your righteous existence and prevents you from fulfilling the purposes and realizing your destiny. There are those who got troubles right now and you're trying to deny it. You're trying to run away from it. You're trying to hide from it. You're dealing with sickness, got problems on the job, catching hell at your house, ain't doing well in school, being ridiculed and lied on. You're dealing with crazy spouses, rebellious children, small-minded church folks harassing enemies uh, ineffective government and we wish God would take the trouble away but I'm here to let somebody know God said there are times I won't remove the trouble but I can change you in the midst of the trouble so you'll be able to handle the trouble before the trouble handles you I really wish I had a full congregation right now because if y'all were in this church, somebody would be standing up and clapping and giving God praise. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but somebody can testify that no, God did not remove the cancer. No, God did not take away my pain. No, God did not cause my child to act the way I wanted them to act. No, God did not take my enemies away. No, God did not let me, did not prevent me from going through what I was going through. No, God did not stop the avalanche of hell from coming my way but you can testify that when you look back over your life uh, that the stuff that tried to kill you or take you out you have a different perspective because God was using your trouble to give you tenacity to hang in there others would have died gone cuckoo for cocoa puff, but the Lord sustained you and the Lord stood you up and the Lord picked you up and when you look back over your life you are able to testify had it not been for the Lord on my side I would not be where I am right now I feel like preaching uh, uh, so you got you got to admit got to admit you got to admit when trouble comes your way don't don't you got to admit it got to own it I, I, I When you get the diagnosis about cancer, don't go around saying I ain't got cancer. Yes, you do got cancer. When you get the diagnosis about whatever ailment, don't, don't, don't try to deny it. Embrace it. Fight it. Overcome it. And give God praise for keeping you in it. Uh, let me, let me. Um, and, 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 and when you're able to, to, to own your trouble, then you're able to place your confidence in God. Yeah. That, that's in verses 3 and 4. Uh, 
uh, David. David said, I know I got trouble. My son has run me off the throne. And not only has my son run me off the throne, but I still got my national enemies like the Philistines. I, I got trouble, but the God I serve is a shield. <laughs> he, he's my glory, and, and he's the one who lifts up my head. Ooh. See, see, when you place your confidence in God, God will give you what you need when you need it and how you need it. David states that God is a shield, which means that God has the capacity to protect him from the weapons of his enemies. <laughs> Notice that it did not prevent David's enemies from rising up against him, but it did prevent him from being harmed bodily and being dislocated spiritually. Ooh, ooh, what did I just say? In other words, uh, even though Absalom ran him off the throne, Absalom could not kill him. Even though he still had to deal with the Philistines, the Philistines could not find him. Why? Because David had a shield by the name of Jehovah. Uh, Paul says, uh, we got this shield of faith in Ephesians 6, 16. And even though you have a shield, beloved, it doesn't mean your enemies won't try to take you out. But I like what Isaiah said. Uh, Isaiah said, no weapon. I think I got a few folks in the house that know a little Bible. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say that the enemy won't come, and it doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. It just basically means that when the weapon is used, preach up in here, Robert Charles Scott. When the weapon is used, a couple of things will happen. Number one, it will miss you. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that ain't the shout, though. That ain't the shout. Number one, it will miss you. Or number two, it will hit you, but it won't kill you. Oh, I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I know I'm talking to somebody that can testify. Yeah, there have been some times when the enemy missed you, but there were some times when the enemy hit you and he thought he had you. But now the Lord let you bounce back from where the enemy tried to kill you. And you have to look at and say, listen, it was nobody but God. Let me. So David says he's my shield, even though I've been ousted from my kingdom. <laughs> uh, uh, David don't have the last word because God was his glory. That, that, that term glory here in the Hebrew is not referring to the majestic aura, but rather the term glory here is in reference to honor. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, David is saying, God is going to restore my dignity and my honor. When the enemy tries to take everything he can from you, all you have is your integrity. And when you've been mistreated, maligned, and misused, you got to trust God to take whatever has been done 
to you negatively and trust that God can restore your honor. Now, when you are going through, let's be honest, your head will be down. You might be looking to the ground. You might be looking within to find solutions to your troubles. But I believe the same David wrote, whose head is down, when he said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Many of us know you can't always depend on your family. You can't always depend on your friends. You can't always depend on church folks. You cannot always depend on your education. You cannot always depend on your finances. But you know you can always trust God. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not into thy own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways. And God will direct your path. But this is the issue. This, this is the issue. This is the issue I got. This is where David helps me to move outside of the box of a traditional ritual. David said, I cried in verse 4 to the Lord with my voice and God heard me from his holy hill. There are times when you're going through hell and you got to get to God's holy hill. In order to get out your hell, you got to get to God's holy hill. Somebody going to catch that in just a moment. In order to get out your hell, you got to get to God's holy hill. And there are times uh, that you cannot engage uh, in these sophisticated, long-winded prayers. There are times you can't pray that typical Baptist preacher prayer that goes something like this. Almighty, wise God, our heavenly Father. Once more and again, a few of your beloved children are gathered together to call upon your holy and righteous name. We bow down at your footstool of mercy and we thank you, O oh Lord, for sparing our lives. We thank you that we're able to get up this morning clothed and in our right mind with a reasonable portion of our health and strength. Throw your strong arm of protection around us, O oh Lord. Bind us together in strength, love, and unity that one can not fall without the other. You know, oh Lord, our down sitting and our uprising. You know us, oh Lord, because you made us. God, we need you to intervene in our perplexing predicament right now. We know we can't make it without you. Lord, this mountain is too high to climb. Lord, this valley is too low to go through. Lord, we can't make it without you. Please come and see about me. And now, oh Lord, when this humble servant down here is done and the world can no longer afford me no home, meet me at the chilly Jordan River, bid the waters to be still and take me to that place where every day is Sunday and every month is the month of May and the flowers bloom perpetually and the water sparkle with lucidity and we shall be glad. Amen.
No, sometimes you need to be able to say, Lord, help me, because if you don't, I can't stand the storm. And do I have anybody out there, anybody in here, that when you holler out, Lord, help, God knows how to help you in your situation. You ain't got to be specific, because the hell you're going through has driven you to God's holy hill. I feel like preaching Let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, when you place your confidence in God, when you admit what your trouble is, then God will let you get some rest. Ooh, you got to get some rest. got to get some rest. got to get some rest. That's what five, six. Uh, 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 I lay down and slept. That's past tense. You missed that. In other words, David is saying, I'm going to sleep. David is saying, I lay down and slept. Uh, in other words, David had gotten to a place where he was cool with whatever. Because God had given him peace, sleep. Now, I ain't going to lie. It's your pastor. Over these last several months, I've had some restless nights. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I've had some, some sleepless nights. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if anybody out there watching us live stream, on Zoom, on Facebook, on YouTube, on our church website, in the house. I, I don't know if you all have had some sleepless nights. But I'll be, I've had some sleepless nights. COVID-19 scares me. Uh, made some sleepless nights. Uh, mere fact, I'll be honest, every time I drive down the highway and I see a police car, I just tense up a little bit. Sleep, sleepless nights. Uh, sleepless nights. Uh, 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 sleepless nights. Huh? I, I'm going to come back to church. I'm on a sanctuary full, but that ain't going to happen anytime soon. Sleepless nights. Uh, uh, I wonder how, how long I'm going to have to virtually educate my daughter at, at the house where my wife has now become the assistant principal, the lunch county lady, the cook, uh, and uh, the substitute teacher. Sleepless nights. Sleepless nights. We can't maneuver like we used to. We can't go out like we used to. We can't travel like we used to. Sleepless nights. We can't engage in fellowship like we used to. Sleepless nights. But I want you to know that when you place your confidence in God, God will let you get your rest. David said, I'm able to get some rest. Why? Because I know that despite my sleepless nights, the Lord will sustain me. That, that famous bedtime prayer comes from this particular psalm. Now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. If you're going to put your problems and troubles in the hands of God, I want you to hear me. If you don't hear anything else, if you're going to put your problems, uh -huh. put your troubles, put your pains, put your predicaments, put your foes, put your family in the hands of God. It makes no sense for you to stay up 
till 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. Since God does not slumber and since God does not sleep, why you going to stay up all night worrying about the hell that's coming your way? Put it in the hands of the Lord and let the Lord become your melatonin and let you get some rest. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, when you're able to get some rest, you don't worry about other folk. When you're able to get some rest, you don't worry about the forces and the systems which are against you. As a matter of fact, you get the rest. So you have the energy to fight the systems. You have the energy to deal with the forces of oppression that comes against you. David shows, I'm placing my confidence in God because even though Absalom has run me out of town, even though I still have the Philistines to deal with, even though I still got a national economy I got to deal with, I'm able to sleep. I'm able to sleep because I got my trust in the Lord. So I want y'all to know um, that I've been able to get sleep because I realize the God I serve still sits high, still looks low. And as old folks say, he rules and super rules both heaven and earth. I, I'm, I'm able to get sleep because I realize that while COVID-19 is a pandemic, Christ, my king, is stronger than the pandemic. I'm, I'm able to sleep. I'm able to sleep because I realize uh, that uh, uh, Donald Trump may be in the White House. But the God I serve sits on the throne of the universe. And one day, Donald Trump will die. And God will still be God. I'm able to sleep because I realize we shall not always be in this situation that one day we will be able to come back to church. And one day my daughter will be able to go to school and be with her friends. And one day my wife will have her schedule lighten up because she won't have to do all the things that she does. One day we will be able to fellowship and do the things. And because of a new way of doing things, we will be more effective and efficient as far as doing the work of the Lord. Yeah. David could sleep because he said, listen, if God going to be awake, why should I be awake as well? I'll let God handle the stuff I can't deal with. Let me get out of here. It's past 12 o'clock. I done held y'all too long. We still got communion to do, but I got to give this to you for free. Can y'all bear with me just a little while longer? Come on, Come on. Those that are watching me, can y'all bear with me just a little while longer? Because I can't leave you on sleep. I can't leave you on sleep. Let me say that again. I can't leave you on sleep. But finally, finally, you got to let God fight your battle. <laughs> That's in verse 7 and 8. You, you got to let God vindicate you. D David cries because other folks are messing with him, trying to take him out. But David cries upon the Lord when he says, Arise. Oh, Lord, save me, O oh God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Don't you know that when God slaps your enemy, uh, that they won't have teeth to chew? Uh, that when God slaps your enemy, uh, it's hard for them to recover. Uh -huh. 
I, 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 I've discovered, I've discovered, I've discovered that, that when I try to get folks back, they make a comeback. Uh, but, but, but when God get folks back, ain't no coming back. I, I, who, who am I blessing right now? See, 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 when you try to deal with your enemy, uh, 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 they might make a comeback. But, but when God takes care of your enemy, he'll do one of two things. He will either make your enemy your footstool, or he will make you look at the grave of your enemy. Preach, Robert Charles Scott. Uh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but I have learned how to put my faith and confidence in God to deal with my enemy. See, see, David could have gotten revenge on his son Absalom. But you do know that God knew how to take care of Absalom. One day Absalom was riding on his horse. And as he was going through the forest, his, his beautiful hair got caught up in some trees. Became tangled. And one of David's soldiers, I believe it was Joab, took him out while he hung from that tree. And, and it caused David to say, Absalom, oh, my son, Absalom. God wants to remind us that he said that vengeance is mine. I will repay, said the Lord. Um, I'm done. I'll see y'all later. Um, but, 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 but if God <clears throat> be for you, doesn't matter who's against you. Um, because the God, yeah, we serve uh, is able, uh, yeah, to fight your battle. Uh, and, and the God we serve uh, is able uh, to vindicate you. When you are on uh, the right side. And if you're standing up uh, for our God, I believe I got some folks that can testify that if God be for you, it doesn't matter who comes up against you because God and you are a majority. You, you, you missed your shout. You could have 10,000 folks coming up against you, but if you got the Lord on your side, you already got a majority. And so I need to let somebody know as I go to my seat that the God we serve will fight your battle. And the God we worship will handle your enemies. And the God we praise is able to subdue those that come up against you. I wonder, do I have anybody? that's watching me live stream i wonder do i have anybody that's watching me on zoom that ain't afraid to testify you've seen god fight some battles in your life and you've seen god make a way out of no way and i just need to get a praise right now if you know god has fought your battle you ought to lift up your hands and throw back your head and open up your mouth and give God praise because the God we serve is more than able to make your enemies your footstool. The God we serve is more than able 
promise to protect you in the heat of the battle. The God we serve is more than able to hold your hand and to guide your steps. The God we serve is more than able to fight your battles and make a way out of no way. The God we serve is more than able to lift up your head and let you know everything gonna be all right. Who am I talking to right now that ain't afraid to testify that the God we serve is able to lift up a bow down head. And if he's able to lift up your bow down head, you ought to give God a mighty praise. Because unlike what the psalmist said, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. Oh, ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is, yes, sir, who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Am I talking to anybody that ain't afraid to testify that you're on his side? Are you on his side? Are you on his side? Cause if you're on his side, you ought to testify. God will see you through. God will stand by you. God will bring you out. God will lift you up. God will free you up. God will make a way. God will fight your battles. God will handle your enemies. God will heal your body. God will bring you through. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. 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 Oh, I know he will. And since he will, you ought to lift up your hands. You ought to throw back your head. You ought to give God praise. Give him a war cry. The battle is over. The fight is fixed. It's not your battle. It belongs to the Lord. Say yes. Say yes. Yes. Yes.
He's a lifter of our head. The only way God can lift your head is for you to be in relationship with him. And we, we get in relationship with him by confessing Jesus Christ, by placing our faith, our confidence in Christ Jesus. Not a preacher, not a pastor, not a church, not mama, not daddy, not family, friends, but Jesus. He wants to lift your head from the grime of this world to the glory of his essence. Because when you lift up your head, everything else gets lifted up. I want to lead you in a prayer of new life, prayer of brand new start, prayer of new beginning. And if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, on Facebook, just type in salvation. Digital minister will connect with you or email us at connect at sbbcnc.org. Uh, if you want to uh, become a part of this church, if you want to join the St. Paul Church, we got people who are joining us virtually. Uh, I started a new members class yesterday virtually. Uh, with Ten folks who have joined virtually. Uh, you can type in connect on Facebook or on YouTube or whatever platform you're watching us. Or you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org. If you want to roll with us here at St. Paul, just do one of those two things or call the church office. By 5 o'clock tomorrow evening, somebody will be in contact with you to let you know what the next steps are. But can I lead you in a prayer of new life? Then we're going to transition to communion. So do me this favor. If you will bow your head right now, repeat this prayer after me. Lord God, I want you to lift up my head. I want a relationship with you. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died on a cross for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe one day he will return. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life to lift up my head. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for the gift of your salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer, you meant that prayer intentionally, you're serious, you're saved. Is it that easy? Oh, yeah, it is. It is that easy. And if you would do what we just told you, contact us either on our platform or send us an email or call the church. Somebody will be in touch with you before 5 o'clock tomorrow evening to let you know what the next thing you should do. We want to connect with you. We want you to be a part of our fellowship. I want to be your pastor. These brothers and sisters want to be your brothers and sisters as far as faith is concerned. Well, hey, we're getting ready to transition to communion. And as we prepare to transition to communion, I want you to get your element. 
right now. Once you get your elements, if you do not have your elements, you can go and get some crackers and grape juice. Or if you happen to have some red wine, you can get red wine and unsalted crackers. If you don't have unsalted crackers, get some bread. But we are getting ready to go and we're getting ready to engage as far as communion is concerned. I'm going to ask that our deacons that are here, if you will come to the table, allow for me to serve you. And then we're getting ready to go through the institution of communion. As we prepare to serve the Lord's meal, I'm looking at you all on our virtual congregation. If you have your elements, hold it up, wave at me, wave at me. It's great to see you all. For those that are watching us Facebook Live, wave at us, amen. So as we prepare to take the Lord's communion, if you would, bow your heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and we do not engage in this act of Solemnity with a lackadaisical attitude, but we take it solemnly because of what you did for us on a hill called Calvary. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for his atoning death. Thank you for the blood that he has shed. And now, God, take us back to that moment in time in our imagination where Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples and he took the Passover made in the middle of the church. We thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, saying, take, eat. This is my body that shall be given for thee. Let us eat the bread. Likewise, he took a common cup and he lifted it toward heaven and he gave thanks and he told his disciples, drink all of it, for this is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for the remissions of sin. Let us drink in remembrance. The Bible says that afterwards, they sang to him. They went out into the Mount of Olives. We shall do likewise. And so wherever you are right now, as we prepare to leave this place, but never to the presence of God, let us close out in prayer. God, we thank you for the sufficiency of who you are, and we thank you for all that we've experienced. Continue to lift up our heads when we drop them. And now, God, as we leave from this place, but never from your presence nor your space, keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come back together again, virtually or limited physically. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of your glory with all exceeding joy. To the wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now 
and forever. And the people of God said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Sing us out, sing us out. I like that song. I like that song. Take us on out on that. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. I miss you all. We're one day closer to coming back. But until then, continue to join us on our platforms. God bless you. I can't wait to see you all in person once again. Go ahead and raise it. Go ahead.